0: No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible.
1: Welcome back to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today we continue in our theme of knowing your calling as we see God's assignments for the families of Kohath and Merari of the tribe of Levi. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in Numbers chapter 3 on Simply the Bible.
0: Let's face it, it's not easy to find our place in this world. So many people tell us so many different things about what we should do or shouldn't do. Many college students change their majors several times, trying to discover what they're good at and what they enjoy doing. For many, it is hit and miss, trial and error costing tens of thousands of dollars in school loans. Is there a better way? For the Levites in Israel, they didn't have such agonizing and expensive decisions to make. God set out a course for them. The first generation of Levites coming out of Egypt were assigned their duties in and around the tabernacle, and subsequent generations followed in the footsteps of their fathers. It was a simpler way of life. And they never had to question if they had made the right career decision. Ah, but they didn't have any freedom, you say. Well, that may be true to some extent, but they worked for the best employer imaginable who guaranteed to protect and provide for them for all of their lives. Ah, but that was then, you say. God doesn't work like that today. I would beg to differ with that conclusion. And today I'll show you why. But first, let's review the order that God established for the camp of Israel in the wilderness as they journeyed to the promised land. In the center of the camp was the tabernacle where God dwelt with his people. And camping around the tabernacle were the descendants of Levi, the priestly tribe. Surrounding them on all four sides were the twelve tribes of Israel. Now the Levites were divided into three families, the Gershonites, the Kohathites, and the Mererites. Yesterday, we saw that the Gershonites camped on the west side of the tabernacle. They numbered 7,500 and were responsible for the coverings, curtains, and hangings of the tabernacle. Whenever they broke camp, the Gershonites would pack up these things, transport them, and then set them back up again. Now we come to the number, placement, and duties of the Kohathites and the Maraisites. We pick it up in Numbers chapter 3, verse 27. From Kohath came the family of Amramites, the family of Isharites, the family of Hebronites, and the family of Uzaelites. These were the families of the Kohathites. According to the number of all the males, from a month old and above, there were 8,600 keeping charge of the sanctuary. The families of the children of Kohath were to camp on the south side of the tabernacle, and the leader of the father's house of the families of the Kohathites was Elizaphan the son of Uzziel. Their duty included the ark, the table, the lampstand, the altars, the utensils of the sanctuary with which they ministered, the screen, and all the work relating to them. Now, Moses and Aaron were descended from Kohath. So the Kohathites were in closest contact with the priests, and they were entrusted with the furnishings of the tabernacle. The Ark of the Covenant, the Table of showbread, the lampstand, the bronze altar, and the golden altar were all transported by poles. It was the duty of the Kohathites to carry the poles, but they were not to touch any of the holy furnishings or else they would die. Verse 32, And Eleazar, the son of Aaron, the priest, was to be chief over the leaders of the Levites, with oversight of those who kept charge of the sanctuary. The Kohathites were directly supervised by Eleazar, the son of Aaron. This was no doubt for their own protection because the handling of the holy things of God was hazardous. If you are privileged to handle the holy things of God, whether his word, his blood-bought people, or the offerings that have been presented to him, you should never ignore or spurn God's instructions. They are given to you for your own benefit. Handle with care should be stenciled on anything and everything we touch that belongs to the Lord. Verse 33. From Mereri came the family of Malites and the family of Mushites. These were the families of Mereri. And those who were numbered according to the number of all the males from a month old and above were 6,200. The leader of the father's house of the families of Mereri was Zuriel, the son of Abahel. These were to camp on the north side of the tabernacle. And the appointed duty of the children of merari included the boards of the tabernacle, its bars, its pillars, its sockets, its utensils, all the work relating to them, and the pillars of the court all around with their sockets, their pegs, and their cords. The Merarites were responsible for the structural components of the tabernacle. So let me ask you a question. Of all the Levites, who had the most important job? The Gershonites, the Kohathites, or the Merarites? You know, each job was equally important because every part was necessary to complete the tabernacle. And if any part was missing, the tabernacle couldn't be constructed and the people couldn't worship God. Verse 38. Moreover, those who were to camp before the tabernacle on the east, before the tabernacle of meeting, were Moses, Aaron, and his sons keeping charge of the sanctuary to meet the needs of the children of Israel. But the outsider who came near was to be put to death. Now, the tabernacle entrance was on the east side. So Moses, Aaron, and his sons all camped on the east side to guard the entrance to the sanctuary so that no unauthorized person would enter and die. Under the new covenant, every believer in Christ is a priest. In one sense, it is our duty to guard the entrance to the holy place of heaven so that no unauthorized person tries to enter. We do this by warning everyone that no one can approach God apart from their sins being forgiven through the blood of Jesus Christ. No one comes to the Father except through Jesus Christ. If we say nothing to warn people, then they could attempt to enter on their own and surely perish. Verse 39, all who were numbered of the Levites, whom Moses and Aaron numbered at the commandment of the Lord by their families, all the males from a month old and above were 22,000. This was the total number of Levites with all three families combined. Verse 40. Then the Lord said to Moses, "'Number all the firstborn males of the children of Israel from a month old and above, and take the number of their names, and you shall take the Levites for me. I am the Lord.'" Instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel and the livestock of the Levites, instead of all the firstborn among the livestock of the children of Israel— So Moses numbered all the firstborn among the children of Israel as the Lord commanded him. And all the firstborn males, according to the number of names from a month old and above, of those who were numbered of them were 22,273. When the Lord sent the plague of the death of the firstborn to the Egyptians, he spared the firstborn of Israel, but he took them for himself. So that every firstborn to open the womb, either of man or of beast, belonged to God. However, rather than taking all the firstborn of Israel, the Lord substituted the Levites for them. Since the Levites belonged to God, he would trade them straight across. It is interesting that the number of Levites, 22,000, was very close to the number of firstborn Israelites, 22,273. It is thought that this was the number of firstborn sons born in the 11 months since they had left Egypt. Verse 44. Then the Lord spoke to Moses saying, Take the Levites instead of all the firstborn among the children of Israel, and the livestock of the Levites instead of their livestock. The Levites shall be mine. I am the Lord." And for the redemption of the 273 of the firstborn of the children of Israel, who are more than the number of Levites, you shall take the five shekels for each one individually. You shall take them in the currency of the shekel of the sanctuary, the shekel of 20 gerar's, and you shall give the money with which the excess number of them is redeemed to Aaron and his sons." Now, God said that since there were 273 more firstborn Israelites than Levites, they needed to pay him for the difference, five shekels per person, which, according to Leviticus 27, was the redemption price of a male one month old to five years old. The Lord wanted to make sure that he had a fair deal. I love that God is an exacting businessman. He believes in integrity in accounting. But rather than keeping the money for himself, I mean, what would God do with their silver? He gave it to Aaron and his sons, sort of an early Christmas bonus. Verse 49. So Moses took the redemption money from those who were over and above those who were redeemed by the Levites. From the firstborn of the children of Israel, he took the money 1,365 shekels, according to the shekel of the sanctuary, and Moses gave their redemption money to Aaron and his sons, according to the word of the Lord, as the Lord commanded Moses. Now, I said earlier that I would show you why I believe God still works in people to show them their place in this world. While it may not be as obvious as the Lord instructing the Levites exactly what their duties were, He still prepares gifts and calls people into specific works of service. We see this in several places in the New Testament, but probably the clearest is in Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 through 10. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. God has chosen us for salvation by grace. We didn't deserve it, but He saved us because He loves us. We enter the kingdom of God through faith, but even our faith is God's gift to us. This removes all basis for boasting. But God has saved us for a purpose. We are his workmanship. The Greek word is poema, and it can also be translated creation or even masterpiece. It is from this Greek word that we get our English word poem. I love that. You are God's creation, masterpiece, and poem. He has formed you for a purpose. You aren't a random cosmic accident. You aren't a fluke. You are God's workmanship, and He doesn't make junk. And God has prepared beforehand good works for you to walk in. If you have believed in Jesus Christ, then God's good works are there waiting for you. He's even gifted you to do them. He's set an open door before you, and He's just waiting for you to walk through it. Are you willing
1: You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the the through-the-Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. They meet Sunday mornings at 1030 at Pepperidge Elementary School in Boise. Also, to listen to any of Pastor Daryl's teachings or to find out more about the church, go to their website at calvarytv.org. They'd really love to hear from you. You can also text them at 208-314-3377 with your questions or comments. Next week, we'll see that it wasn't enough merely to generalize the duties of the Levites. God had specific and detailed tasks for Aaron, his sons, and the Kohathites so that no one would die in handling the holy things of God. We hope you'll join us as we continue through Numbers on Simply the Bible.